Hey, welcome to our class called Hearing God's Voice Through Immersion Discipleship School. This is session four called Understanding How God Communicates. Now you'll remember for the last few weeks, even for this whole class, we're going through my book called Hearing God that I wrote. And each lesson goes through each chapter. So session four that we're in today, Understanding How God Communicates, follows along with chapter four. And if you don't have a copy of my book, you can go to bendixon.org or you can go to Amazon and pick up a copy by just typing in Hearing God and purchasing it through there. If you want a free ebook, you can email us at our office and we'd be glad to send that to you. But just by way of review, we've looked at having a real relationship with God in session one, real enough to hear Him. And in session two, we talked about how hearing God is for everyone. It's not just for some, it's for all of us. And then last week we talked about hearing God in the Bible and how the two work together and they never contradict each other. Hearing the voice of the Spirit and also understanding the Word of God, the purposes that they have and how they flow together. Such an important lesson. And today we'll build upon those by talking about understanding how it is that God communicates because seldom is God's voice an actual voice. And this is something that everybody must understand that of all the ways that God can communicate to us, we often speak about His voice in a way where it, we think God speaks. It's just a voice, like an audible voice. But there are many ways that God communicates to us. And this is something that we have to understand better and better because God's speaking to everyone. And sometimes we're listening, but are we all understanding how it is that He's communicating with us? And I think the word communication might be a better word than God speaks to me. It might be God communicates with me, but you'll hear me use that phrase interchangeably, so you just want to track along. In John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus said something interesting, really right in front of the religious leaders. He said, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. It's sort of this three-pronged approach to hearing the voice of God. First, he says, my sheep, which right there, he's talking about his people. That's an implication. So my sheep hear or listen to my voice. So we're talking about hearing and listening. He said, they know me, which is to be intimately acquainted with. It's not just to have knowledge of. And they follow. So we want to hear and listen. We want to know him intimately. And we want to follow him. And this is the verse that we're going to use throughout our different sessions because we believe that if we're sheep, that we can hear and we can know him and we can follow whatever it is that he's saying. But we want to understand how it is that he's communicating with us. Now, we know that in, in the world that we live in, there are many forms of communication. Just by way of illustration, I was not long ago at a church service, and as I was preaching, there was somebody to my left who was communicating through sign language to a section of people that were deaf. And so they understood the sign language, and nobody else did. I didn't know that they were going to do this, but as I was watching them, you know, the, the people that were, that were tracking with sign language received that translation. And it's just sort of a form of communication that goes under our nose every day. Unless you're deaf or, or tied into the deaf community, you're not really aware of sign language because you don't need to be. You speak a certain language and there are 6,500 to 7,000 known languages on the earth. You may not know this, but there are some languages that only 100 people can speak. There are many, many languages on the earth, but there are also other forms of communication. Like I mentioned, sign language, many known languages. Come on, somebody, body language, married people. But there's also text messaging and emailing and old school like Morse code. And there's Braille. When you go up to an ATM machine, you'll see the characters there under each number. There's lots of forms of communication in the world that we live in. It's very much the same in how God communicates with us. It's not just one way. He has many forms of communication. 
And this is something that we, I think, vitally need to understand because a lot of people tell me, I don't believe, you know, God doesn't speak to me like he speaks to you. Like sometimes I'm more of a visionary, I'm more of a seer, and so God speaks to me in pictures and visions. So people will tell me all the time, Pastor Ben, I don't, I don't hear God like you do. But what they're, say, what they're saying, or they say, I don't hear God. They're saying, I don't hear God like you do. But we need to be equipped on the many different ways that God communicates to us because that will start to unlock what it is that he might be saying to us. And we want to understand this better and better. Now, I'm going to communicate today. I'm going to talk about the nine different ways that God speaks or communicates to us. All of these I can show from Scripture, except for one is just sort of a, maybe an assumption that I have. There's not a biblical word for it but you'll see this as I continue. The first and and most important way that God communicates to us is through the Bible. Now, from our last lesson, you'll remember the Bible is the forever voice of God for every age, every stage, every gender, generation, and nation. It is the eternal voice of God. It's what we need to know. It's what God wanted us to have, and we need to study it. We need to understand it. Um, It doesn't change. We're a people of the Word, but there are two ways that God will that God will communicate to us through his word. And the first way that God communicates to us through the Bible is as we study it. When we study the Bible, God will illuminate and God will give us revelation about what it means, what his original intention was. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16 says this, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching and reproof and correction, training in righteousness so that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. It is literally God-breathed. So when you study it, you're studying something that was breathed by God. 2 Peter chapter 1 actually teaches us this very same thing, that it, it is not of human interpretation. He says, no prophecy of Scripture is of human interpretation, but men were moved on by the Holy Spirit as they wrote. They were carried along. Their sail, their person was carried along by the wind of God. This is not their interpretation. As you study it, you are studying words that were given by God. And so certainly God is going to speak to us. He's going to communicate truth to our hearts, our minds, our lives, our circumstances. But there's also a second way that God speaks to us through the Bible. And that is, is that he will remind us of what the Bible says in situations and circumstances. Now, this is something that Jesus actually refers to when he's talking to his disciples. He tells them that the Holy Spirit's going to come and remind them. It says this in John 14, 25 and 26. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Now, I envision Peter being really excited because he probably didn't write down anything Jesus said or any of the disciples for that matter. And they're thinking, oh man, great. I didn't write anything down. I didn't take any notes. I'm so glad that I'm going to get a reminder. Everybody loves reminders. Jesus said, I taught you all these things, but the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to remind you of everything that I taught you. And I found this to be the case that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us And when we're in situations and circumstances, what will happen is he'll remind us of verses that we've read or studied or even verses that we've heard preached so that that circumstance or that situation will have the knowledge or the wisdom that we need, whether it's to speak to somebody or to make a decision. I've had this happen many, many times. Many years ago, as I mentioned in my book, I was at a coffee shop not long after I gave my life to the Lord. And there was a girl there that I saw and I knew her previously. I didn't know her since I had been changed by the Lord. So she didn't know that I'd become a Christian or any of that. Whatever she did know wasn't from my own mouth. And I began to talk to her about how I gave my life to the Lord and he changed my life. 
And uh, I, sh I shared with her my testimony. Well, I, my expectation was that if I share my testimony with you, you're going to give your life to Christ, and that's going to be amazing. But my testimony was not enough for her to change her life and give her life to Jesus. So I was a little bit frustrated because my expectations were high and they weren't getting met. We're walking out of the coffee shop, and as I'm talking with her, all of a sudden my mind was flooded with a bunch of verses from the book of John, which I had been reading that week. And I started sharing all these verses with her, and I asked her, does this make sense to you? She said, oh yeah, this makes sense. And I, I, was, I was impressed, actually, because I didn't know what I was talking about. I knew kind of what I was talking about. But when I were, was reading those verses earlier that week and that day, I did not know I would be using those verses in a conversation with this girl. I hadn't seen her for a long time, and I didn't really know all of what I was talking about. But it was like the Holy Spirit was so involved in that conversation and really ministered to her. It wasn't long later that this girl gave her life to the Lord. And is it an ama amazing, just to close that story, it was a few years after that that actually this girl died. And I was so grateful to know that I played a role. And, and we all do. We play a role in somebody coming to Christ. And she got to experience Jesus. And I'm so grateful that as we seek to minister to people, the Holy Spirit will speak to us and He'll remind us of the Word of God. And we'll be able to access the Word in moments where we need other people to hear what God is saying. It's not just for us to have a devotional life. It's for us to live out a spiritual life and to speak out words of spirit in life. And this is what the Bible is for us. And we're so thankful. The second way that God will communicate to us is what I call impressions. Now, the definition of that is this. An impression is an internal sense in which you feel, think, or know something regarding a person or a situation. It's like God will impress something on your heart, similar to if you were to go out when it's snowing and you step into fresh snow, it leaves an imprint, it leaves an impression, a footprint. You know, and obviously, if you go back later and it's snowing really well, that impression in the snow will be covered up. And I think that really is what impressions can be very much like, is that God will impress something on your heart and it's meant to be acted upon. And if you don't act upon it quickly, it gets covered up just as you go about life. Impressions come quickly, but they can be very, very powerful when you learn to step out on those impressions. And those impressions can be internal, but they can also be physical. So sometimes I'll get a physical impression. I'll feel something. I remember I was at a church one time and I felt my neck kind of was twitching and there was pain that was coming into it, the right side. And I was just preaching and I kept going and pushing through. But there was a point at where I realized that this pain isn't for me. And there was a thought that came to my mind, which now I know is the Holy Spirit. And so I just asked as I'm preaching, does anybody have pain in the right side of their neck and it goes all the way to their shoulder? And I'll never forget, this woman in the back stood up and said, that's me. And she began to tell her story about, you know, kind of being down and out and situation of life that she found herself in. And I asked everybody around her to lay hands on her. We laid hands on her and we spoke healing power over her. She came the next morning to the conference and testified about how she had the best night of sleep that she's had in years and that God healed her neck and she was supernaturally set free. That, that came from a physical impression. And God will do that physically, but He'll also do that internally when you're having a conversation with someone. You'll have this physical impression about what to talk to them about. You might also have an impression where you'll just be driving along and you feel like, oh, I really need to go here. I really need to do this. And God will do that. He does that regularly for a lot of people. And I think this is very important that we know this because we want to act on even the subtleties of what the Holy Spirit might be communicating to us about. The third way that God communicates to us is through our thoughts. 
God will often give us a thought in the midst of normal thought process. Now, I'm not suggesting that everything in our brain or just the normal thoughts in our day are all from God. Certainly that's not the case, but there's an important principle that I think everyone needs to know is that not all of our thoughts originate from ourselves. Some of our thoughts are from a healthy functioning brain. Some of our thoughts are from the Lord. And some of our thoughts can come from enemy territory, from demonic spirits and temptations that come in or whatnot. And so uh, the origination of a thought is not always just a healthy functioning brain. And we need to realize that, that we might have a normal stream of thoughts. And in the middle of that, God is speaking to us. And we need to be aware that that is even possible. In the Psalms, there's an interesting passage. There's a couple of them, but the one that I want to focus on right now is in Psalm 40, chapter 5. This is what David says, Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders which you have done, and your thoughts toward us there is none to compare with you. If I were to declare or speak of them, they would be too numerous to count. Now think about that. God has more thoughts, good positive thoughts about you, loving thoughts, right thoughts about you, then you can even count. That's incredible. So many of us walk around discouraged and hopeless and people around us, especially the world is in a hopeless state. And here we believe and read that God has more thoughts about us than we can even count. Something that I think is, is, is really important is that we need to ask God what he thinks about people. In fact, you might want to ask God what he thinks about you. Lord, what do you think about me? Maybe you don't love yourself. You don't like yourself. Say, God, how do you think of me? Your father in heaven has a lot of great thoughts about you. You might put yourself down. You might think horrible about yourself, but God, your father wants to speak love over your life. Ask him what he thinks about you as you're reading the word and let the Holy Spirit communicate that to you in affirmation and love. Also, as you're sitting with, with people, you're at coffee, or maybe you're at church sitting next to somebody, or even in your cubicle at your job, and somebody irritates you, somebody you don't like, just say, God, will you, will you speak to me? Will you give me your thoughts toward that person? I want your thoughts, your perspective, and watch how God will begin to give you his thoughts and his perspective. In fact, the New Testament promises us that we as believers have the mind of Christ, who does not want to exercise or live life out of the mind of Jesus Christ? That's what we want to be like. That's how we want to live. That's how we want to live our life. But it comes from having his mind. Our minds are being renewed to the way that he thinks. God is speaking to us even in the midst of our thoughts. I remember I was going up to speak at a church and I was having dinner with a family I'd never met before. I'm sitting at their dinner table before the church service starts. And as we're eating dinner, they're talking and I was just sort of eating at that time. In my mind, this thought kept coming to me. It, was, it wasn't a voice or an impression, it was a thought. The thought was a, a nation and it was the country, the nation Brazil, the country and, or, or the nation. And I remember the, this kept coming to me one, two, three, four times. It was, it was profound and I couldn't leave it alone. So I finally just said, hey, does Brazil mean anything to anybody? And they begin to open up and go, oh my gosh, like they were trying to adopt a, a child from, from Brazil and they had not been able to get anywhere as a result of it. So they were kind of praying, like, do we let this go? Do we leave it alone? Because we haven't been able to do this. And here I am sitting at their dinner table, never met them before. And the thought that kept coming to me was Brazil. And all I did was, does Brazil mean anything to you? And they said, oh my gosh, you have no idea. And so we got to pray into that as before we went to the church service. It was so powerful because I knew that God gives thoughts. I could have just let it go. I could have just acted like it didn't matter because I'm not aware that God communicates to me that way. But 
Not only did I get the thought, but I communicated it. And that's so important that, again, we realize that God is speaking to us in our thoughts. The fourth way that God will communicate to us is through visions. Visions are a form of spiritual sight given by the Holy Spirit. They appear in the book of Acts, and we have this happen to us today. Many people see visions and pictures from the Lord. And we see also in the day of Pentecost, there's something that Peter, when he stood up to explain what was happening with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, he actually mentioned something along this line that I think is really important. He says in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, in his explanation of what is happening in the outpouring of the Spirit, he's recalling the prophet Joel and Joel 2. He says, and it shall be in the last days, God says that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And even on bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth of my spirit and they will prophesy. He actually speaks of prophecy, connects it to visions and dreams. And this is something we see throughout the Old Testament. There were prophets and seers who had visions. We also see this in the New Testament where Agabus and others had visions. And right here it says, as the Holy Spirit is poured out, visions will come to those. And this is a way that God will communicate. There's a couple things you need to know about visions just for a little bit of overview. And that is visions can be both literal or they can be symbolic. Sometimes when you see, you're going to see with your eyes closed. Uh, you're going to see something in your heart like a literal thing. As you see a vision, the picture of something, that is exactly what God is communicating literally. Sometimes, and we see this from Scripture several times, that a picture will come to you or a vision will be kind of like a movie clip. And that's actually very uh, symbolic of something else. And so you need to be aware of that. There might need to be interpretation. In my next book called Prophesy, you're going to want to read that because I talk about visions and dreams and how to interpret those. So we really need a whole session on that. But there are not only two different ways that visions will come, literal and symbolic. There are two kinds of visions. And these are what I call internal visions where you maybe have your eyes closed and it's something that happens on the inside. You see it uh, and it's, 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 it's something that's very real, but it's also very internal. And the second kind of vision is what we call an open vision. And this is where your eyes are open and you literally see in the physical, it's the spiritual realm, but you're seeing it with your physical eyes. And this has happened to me several times throughout the years. I've seen open visions. Most of the time I see internal visions but both are very true, both are very real, um, these happen. One time I was at, like, for example, I was at a church and I was praying for a girl and, um, and, I, and I saw, I closed my eyes and in a vision, I saw a woman standing behind her with her hand on her back and I knew that she, as she walked away, the woman that I saw in a vision walked away from the girl that I was praying for. I knew that this woman wanted to reconcile with this who I knew now was her daughter but she didn't know how, and so she walked away. There was this discouragement because the mom didn't know how to reconcile with the daughter, and I just somehow knew that as I was watching this picture play out. And I opened my eyes and I told her, I said, I believe that you're going to reconcile with your mom and that you're actually gonna initiate this. She doesn't know how to initiate, and the Lord wants you to know that he will help you initiate reconciliation with your mom. Well, she started crying because the next day she was getting on a plane to go and reconcile with her mom. She was going to go be with her family, and that was something that the Lord had put into her heart. Now think about the confirmation that would be when somebody you never met before is praying over you and says, I saw a vision, and this is what's going to happen, and this is what you need to do. I mean, incredible. I was blown away. It wasn't like, oh yeah, just another day at the office. I mean, that to me 
was fascinating. It was incredible. And I was so grateful to get to be a part of that. I thank God for visions. The next way that God communicates to us is through dreams. God spoke to many people in the Bible through dreams. We have Joseph and Jacob and Solomon and Daniel, many more. Dreams can be literal and symbolic, just like visions, and they may need interpretation. I don't have a lot of dreams, but when I do have dreams, they're almost always directional, and so I pay close attention to them. Now, again, there are a lot of people that dream, and you might just, it might just be a normal flow of sleep, and maybe your psychosis is expressing itself. We need to be very careful as we consider what might be a dream from God, but God does speak through dreams. Over the years, as I've walked with Jesus and as I've listened to people, I've heard God speak to people in dreams as they'll explain what they believe God was telling them. It's so fascinating and amazing. In the Bible, as you just kind of look through the different kinds of dreams, I've come up with what I believe are three different categories of dreams. And the first is directional dreams, where God will show you what he wants you to do. You see this in the life of Joseph and Jesus. Secondarily, I call them correctional dreams. This is where God will show you something that needs to stop or change. You see this like in Job chapter 33, verse 14, where it says this, indeed God speaks once or twice, yet no one notices it. But in a dream and a vision of the night, when sound sleep falls on men, while they slumber in their beds, then he opens the ears of men and he seals their instruction that he may turn, aside, turn him aside from his conduct and keep man from his pride. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from passing over into Sheol. I always think this is an amazing verse because I tell the Lord, like, if you want to correct me, just give me a dream. You know, I mean, just seal my instruction while I'm sleeping. That would be the best way. I would never have to have any muss or fuss. It would just go to sleep, get a dream, get corrected, wake up. Lord, I'm sorry. Help me to change. That would be amazing. But throughout the Bible and even in life, God will give dreams of correction. He'll show you something that's off or wrong. And really, it's, it's a subjective experience in, in, or an objective experience that you're having with, with the Lord. And you just kind of get to wake up and this is what happened. You get to think and consider uh, uh, what, what has happened to you in the night. And so sometimes you'll have a correctional dream. And third and finally, a prophetic dream. God will show us something that is supposed to happen so that we can prayer or pray, share, or step out in some kind of active way. I've had several prophetic dreams. In fact, most of them have been directional or prophetic. I, I, I've never really had a correctional dream except for one time that I'm aware of, but I know they happen. And so prophetic dreams are God showing us something that's going to happen in the future. And I've, I remember for me personally, I had a dream back in 2003 where the Lord showed me I, where, what church I was going to be a part of. At the time, I was a youth pastor, and the Lord gave me a dream and showed me that I was sitting in the back of a church, and the pastor at the time was, was basically introducing this new pastor that was going to come on staff. And I realized all of a sudden, while I'm sitting in the back of the church, that I'm being introduced to come on staff. And he even said specific reasons and specific things that I was going to help the church to do. And, um, and I, I, I've even written those down. I have it written down in a journal in my office right now. And in the dream, I walk up front and I begin to share and pour out my heart and, and pray and, and repentance swept through the church. And it was an amazing dream. And I woke up, I knew the church that it was, and I knew the person that was actually introducing me. And it was not even half a year later or a year later that our church closed at the time. And I end up going over to that church with my wife. And that's very, I'm literally standing on the stage of the church that was in my dream that I just told you about. I've been here for 14 years. Isn't that amazing how God will give us direction 
through our dreams? Are you open to the Lord speaking to you, communicating to you through dreams? He will do that. The next way that God will communicate to us is through an internal voice. Some people say, say the still small voice of God, but God will give us clear phrases in our heart. I don't find this to be like paragraphs, like God doesn't speak to me like in paragraphs and like clear dialogue where it's hours and hours of back and forth. What I tend to get in an internal voice is clear phrases or maybe even passages of scripture, whatever it might be, but they're phrases or words that I get from the Lord. This is something that happens to me um, quite often. You might recognize this as a still small voice. And some people will say you have to really still yourself in order to hear the voice of God. And that's, that can be true. Um, be still and know that I am God is what Psalm says. But sometimes God will speak to you in, in, with, by his internal voice in the midst of chaos. I don't think it's always about how still we get. I think that's important that we would cultivate a place of peace and quietness before God. But I think it's really more about having stillness of heart and really in, in, what's going on inside of us than it is about outside of us. We can't control everything going on out here. But what we do want is we want our internal dialogue to be a place where God can plant seeds and he can speak to us through his internal voice or any other way um, for that matter. I was, uh, by way of illustration, I was praying for a person at one of my friend's churches and, uh, and I heard in, it, it was a voice inside my heart. I want you to pray for John and I want you to tell them that John's gonna be well, that he's not gonna be sick anymore. And so I, I basically just told the people that I was praying for, I hear the Lord say to me, that he wants me to pray for John and to tell you that John's not gonna be sick, but that he's gonna be well. And the minute I told them that, they began to cry and they started bawling going, my gosh, because John was their brother-in-law. He was in the hospital, he had been dying. He had actually gone in and out of the hospital several times, looked like he wasn't gonna make it. We prayed together that day. I literally got his name, it was specific. I never uh, had prayed with these people before. I'd never um, heard this before, the, the name John come out of their mouth. We prayed, and I remember they sent me a Facebook message, maybe it was a few weeks later, telling me that not only is John better, but John actually came to the Lord, and now their whole family is rejoicing, believing for an entire family to come to Christ. It was such an incredible thing. But the Lord will speak to you by his internal voice, and sometimes it'll be so specific, you won't even believe it. You won't even, you'll be too scared to say it, but it's better that you just say, hey, does John mean anything to you, or does this mean anything to you, than to not say something. Trust me, as you step out, God will show up. I mean, it's amazing what you'll see happen. Another way that God will communicate to us is by his audible voice. Now we see this in scripture. I've, I've never really heard the audible voice of God. I've heard different things, but I can't really confirm that it was the audible voice of God. But we see God speaking audibly throughout scripture. Several times the father speaks over the son, like Luke chapter three, verse 21. It says, now when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came out of heaven and said, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In you, I am well pleased. The father speaks over the son and everybody else hears it that was there that day. Here's an audible voice of God. We see that throughout scripture, God spoke audibly. Still does today. I had a friend that heard the voice of God, which actually deterred him from committing suicide. He was about to literally take his life and in the midst of that, he heard God's voice audibly saying, come to me. And he gave his life to the Lord that day. And that started his salvation story. His testimony begins with hearing the voice of God audibly. Such an incredible thing. God is still speaking to us audibly. 
Some of us, we may not hear that way, and that's okay, but others do. And it's amazing. The more I travel churches, nations, states, I hear this happening more and more. One of the other ways that God will communicate to us, I believe this is number eight, is through angels. The scriptures show us that angels are messengers and they deliver messages from God to us or to people. All over scripture, we see this happen again and again and again. The word angel, the name angel actually literally means messenger. The book of Acts shows a lot of angelic activity. I've had angelic activity in my life. I know many others that have also had this happen. This may be a more rare form, so I don't usually communicate a lot about this because if it hasn't happened to you, it hasn't. Usually prophets or prophetically gifted people can have angelic encounters. And the purpose is to extract a message that messenger is giving them something from God and they're to carry that message to a people. We don't wanna get caught up necessarily in all of the experience because the experience is not always the message, it's the message through the experience. So I, I always say that immature prophets or prophetic people they will emphasize the experience and not the message, but mature prophets will emphasize the message from the experience. And that's surely what we wanna do. But God is pouring out all kinds of encounters and experiences. People are experiencing angelic activity. We know that the Bible gives a lot of credence to that, so we wanna basically be aware of it. And the final way in which God communicates to us, which again, there could be more than this, but these are the ways that I find to be very clear as I look at the Bible is that other people, God will speak to us through other people. And there's three primary ways that he will do this. Number one is somebody's teaching the Bible. And as they're teaching the Bible, we have a revelation of some kind. I've had this happen many times, so have you. Another way is when someone is giving us godly counsel. And when they're giving us godly counsel, we know that it sticks with us. Maybe a mentor, maybe somebody that's a friend over the phone or in person. And as that counsel comes, it sticks. And we know that that's not just from a person, but that's in fact from God. We may not realize it in the moment, but later on we know that it is. And finally, when a person gives us a prophetic word, sometimes it's confirmation and other times it opens a door. We didn't, we didn't realize that God was calling us into something or maybe even confirming, affirming a thing. And a person will give us a prophetic word and that is from the Lord through a person. God speaks through people. God disciples us through people. And God teaches us through people, but it all comes from Him. We want to discern whether or not it is Him, as Scripture teaches us. But God speaks through other people, and we want to expect that. We want to look for that. Sometimes people have this idea that, like, you know, I'm just waiting on the Lord to speak to me. I'm asking God to speak to me. But they shut out everybody that is in their life in talking to them. They're saying, I just want to hear from the Lord. Well, I mean, look at scripture. God speaks through people. So if you want to hear from the Lord, you can't shut people out because that might be the methodology that God uses to give you the message. So the message can come through anybody or anything, one of these ways of communication. And we want to be open. The thing I would say to the Lord, and I just would say in front of you, is that God, we, you know, I don't care how you speak to me, just never stop, right? And there was a time where I was asking the Lord, you know, why these different forms of communication? Why not just clearly communicate to me, speak to me in a voice? It's recognizable. I understand there's no, nothing's cryptic. There's no interpretation. There's no nuance. There's no me wondering. I just want it clear. And I want to know that I know that I know for sure. And in relationship, you know, with God, it's not like that. But I remember when I asked the Lord, why is it like this? He didn't fully answer me, but he gave me a picture. It was like a vision and it kind of helped to explain. I saw a vision of, of a garden 
and there was a hand, and I believe it was like the hand of the Lord, and there was this soil in the garden, and there were these different kinds of seeds. And the hand was planting these different seeds in the different places of the garden. One seed was maybe carrots and tomatoes and potatoes or whatever, different, different kinds of seeds that would obviously bring forth a different kind of fruit or vegetation. And as I'm watching this, I'm realizing that the seed was to be the parallel for the different forms of communication. As God communicates to us, different forms were different seeds and different ways that God communicates to us brings forth a different kind of fruit. If God gives us a vision, that, that will bring forth a certain kind of fruit. If God speaks to us in an internal voice or through our thoughts or an impression or an angel, the different method in which God delivers the message actually is, it's not just that he can do it, it actually brings forth a different kind of fruit. And that's sort of the, the reasoning that I had. It's maybe one answer of many answers that could be given for this, for this question of why the different forms or why the different kinds of communication. But I believe that's very, very true. Sometimes when I get an open, if I get an open vision, it sears it into my soul. I never forget it. If it's a dream, I just automatically know it's, it could be sense of direction and, and very little interpretation for me, at least, that's needed. If it was an angel, I mean, come on, you'd know that you'd know that you'd know that God had some powerful message for you, not just for you, but to deliver to other people as a messenger delivered a message to you. And then and God's speaking to us through other people. It means that we have to be open to him and we have to be open to others. You have to submit yourself to other people. Think about that. It kills pride and it uplifts humility. And this is principle-based. It actually teaches us to be Christ-like as we're seeking to hear the voice of God. So I can just see in that vision how that would play out. It's one answer among many. But I want God to communicate to us. I want to hear God more and not less. I want to hear God speak to me in any way that he desires. I can't dictate that. I just want to be open, have ears to hear and eyes to see. And I want all of us to be the same way. So let's ask God as we close our session today for him to open our ears and to open our eyes together. Father, I thank you for this class. I thank you for your word. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you speak to us, you communicate to us. And when you do, Lord, you speak life into our hearts. And I pray, God, today that all of us who are a part of this class, that, Lord, you would speak into our hearts and that our ears would be open, our eyes would be open to the many forms of communication that you bring. And I pray, God, that we would be attentive to your spirit, that we would learn to be led by your spirit and open to all that he does in however he brings it. We thank you, Lord, that you are leading us. And we thank you, Lord, we thank you for this class where we can learn and be equipped to hear your voice and ultimately follow you no matter what you say. We thank you again in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, God bless you guys. I look forward to our next session together. Yeah.